It's 11.04 right now, and uh, we're ready to talk your ear off. We are here till 1 o'clock in the morning. The Kaufman Show starts in about an hour's time. Hello, Jay. Hey, Dave. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. We're going to uh, run through all the scores, give you all the updates, tell you what's going on in the world. But first, we have a very special guest to lead off the show. You see 60 Minutes last night, Jay? I did. You know, that show used to mean something. <laughs> and, and I feel like that show meant something not even that long ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the the growing up, my memories, my childhood memories of 60 Minutes and sitting there and watching Andy Rooney tell me what's right and what's wrong and waiting for Jessica Fletcher to solve some murder mystery afterwards. But something happened to that show. And thank there you, Jimmy. Is. Thank yeah. you. And really more showcased uh, in the last few weeks than or in the last few months than ever, the, the Benghazi mess up, right. the NSA puff piece. Mm-hmm. Last night, it was the MLB... Um, is still wonderful show. Well, not not the second half of it. You didn't think. Well, no. I mean, the, he, there were some pretty serious accusations thrown at uh, Major League Baseball, and nobody but Major League Baseball to stand up there and say, "Listen, Scott, everything's okay." Yeah, but at the same time, my uh, legacy is true and good and golden. Yeah, but, and I'll, I'll yeah. tell you, I saw it last night. And the other sleazebag didn't have anybody on the other side of him either, you know. <laughs> although A Rod, of course, I heard that A Rod did decline an interview. As long as so, we can agree that they're all sleazebags, uh, the, the, the lot of them, <laughs> the lot of them. I, I think Zyron's got a better word for him, but probably, we'll see. Yeah. probably. Uh, let's bring in Dave Zyron right now, and I'll tell you when I saw the uh, the piece last night, I my mind just went, oh, I can't wait for Zyron's piece in the nation. I can't wait for Zyron's piece in the nation. And lo and behold, go to the nation.com and read what Dave has to say. It's uh, as always, fantastic stuff, and we welcome Dave Zyron, a.k.a. Edge of Sports, to Game Night OT. Hello, Dave. Hey, fellas. It's great to be here. How are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Still in uh, in shock over last night's uh, attempt at journalism? Uh, I mean, you, you, you can't say I, I, anybody would be shocked, given 60 Minutes' recent track record. There were just more just like little things shocked me amidst the big things, like I just could not believe that literally 24 hours after the arbitrator's ruling, 60 Minutes was raring to go with a slickly produced 30-minute segment, all the interviews in the can, and then my my favorite part, like the the shots of Anthony Bosch on his boat with the sun setting behind him. It's like, when the heck did they film this? (laughs) Was this filmed like last March or something? I mean, there was just, there was something about it where... It was just too slick by half. And I got to say, like someone who I I do respect, uh, ESPN legal analyst uh, Lester Munson, but to hear him, he was asked about the journalistic merits of the entire segment. And he said, well, before we talk about it, you got to give 60 Minutes credit for landing that interview. And I swear, I I almost drove my car into a, a, I don't know, a family of kittens. (laughs) Just out of anger. Because... I mean, 60 Minutes did not land this interview. They were not out there doing scut work. They were not out there like like looking in the in the in the bushes to see if Bud Selig might Dane come out and speak about this case. <laughs> no, this was presented to 60 Minutes on a silver freaking platter. Yep. You had Tony Bosch. You had Bud Selig, who was supposed to not even speak about any of this. Remember, he wasn't even part of the arbitrators' hearing. And you had Rob Manfred ready to rumble. I mean, you ha- that's the COO of Major League Baseball. I mean, it was just it was all just too cute by half. And that aspect of it, the whole 
spiking of the A-Rod football by Bud Selig, that took me by surprise. Well, there were so many things. Uh, for me, it was this, the sanctimoniousness of Scott Pelley. I could not understand Scott Pelley sitting there and um, wrapping Tony Bosch over the knuckles. How could you do this to baseball? That's another one right there. I mean, and of course, I, mean, I wrote this, but hey, why not? I'll just repeat it as if it just came off the top of my head. But it's worth <laughs> saying that, that you know, the 60 minutes, I mean, they, they got a big ratings boost last night because they were coming in right after the NFL. And, and nobody talks about PEDs in, in the National Football League. So their ratings got a little performance enhancer, if you will, nice. uh, because of the NFL, and yet the, the sanctimony about baseball. And something else about sanctimony as well is Anthony Bosch now has a spokesperson, believe it or not. And this spokesperson said that Anthony Bosch uh, is now ready to live the rest of his life educating young people about the dangers of performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> Now, I'm not just saying that for the purposes of helping people who are having maybe, I don't know, maybe they're trying to throw up at the moment, they ate some bad food, they're, <laughs> they're in the john. That's not why I quoted, her name is Joyce Fitzpatrick, the, the spokeswoman for Anthony Bosch. I, I'm, I'm quoting it because that statement is completely at odds with what Anthony Bosch actually said in the, the interview. And what Anthony Bosch said is very similar to what you hear, have heard Victor Conti say, that's the, the founder of Valco. And a lot of the steroid pushers, because a lot of these guys, they're, um, you know, these are not the, the most squeaky clean people in the world, obviously. But they're also people who deal with the realities of what a Major League Baseball player goes through on a week-in, week-out basis. And for a lot of these players, they are taking these PEDs so they can train more, so they can stay on the field, so they can keep their health. They're not doing it so they can look like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa with dreams of wearing their togas on Sports Illustrated <laughs> for the next Sports People of the Year. Now, these aren't toga dreams. These are, I want to be able to perform into my late 30s so I can get a few more years of paycheck dreams. And so when Bosch was asked about it by Scott Pelley, who you're absolutely right, David, and all the sanctimony, do you remember what Bosch said? He said, hey, these guys are getting on and off airplanes. They're getting on and out of cars. They're traveling. Uh, six months out of the year, their joints are hurting. I mean, this is, I mean, I felt like I was doing them a service. And that's what a lot of these guys think. Yeah, it is what a lot of those guys think. And and it doesn't seem so crazy when you think about how many people are doing it. That I don't see Tony Bosch as the bad guy in this story. I really don't. And I know 60 Minutes tried to paint it that way, but I really don't think he's the guy to blame. And A-Rod, I think, is just part of the problem. He's not the oh, problem. God. He's part of the problem. I mean, I, I watch Tony Bosch, and the first thing I want to do is, is, is shower with steel wool. Get the, <laughs> the get it all out yeah. off of my skin. Uh, just just wafting through my television. I mean, I think the problem is a system that empowers people like Tony Bosch. I mean, the, the kinds of medication that these players are taking are, in different contexts, completely legal. And so the idea that they're not going to an actual doctor, but just somebody who, as they said last night, went to medical school in Belize, which I think is the, the sister college of upstairs, downstairs, Hollywood Medical School, where Dr. <laughs> Nick Riviera went on the Simpsons. I mean, th that's the real problem, that people are entrusting their health to, uh, to, the, good, to the, the medical community that's around people like Tony Bosch. Well, yeah, and at 12 grand a month, it seems like he's really um, getting a hell of a deal. 
yeah. No, and, and first of all, I have to be clear about something. I, I'm not saying anything bad about the, the fine medical schools in Belize. That was not my intention. No, nor Hollywood. Yeah. No, oh, well, upstairs, downstairs, medical school has an illustrious history. You're if it isn't my old friend, Mr. McCraig, with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. An arm for a leg. I love that one. <laughs> or my, my favorite is the shin bones connected to my wristwatch. <laughs> that's not right. Yeah, we're, that's not right. We're in conversation Half with anthology. <laughs> we're in conversation with Dave Zirin from the Nation, uh, beloved fellow Simpsons fan, Dave Kaufman and Jay Farrar. You know what? You know what I found real funny about it was, you know, as as you know, they were trying to demonize, obviously, Bosch. They mention his smoking and drinking habits as well, which is, and I'm yes. saying, what does that have to do with it? If you were going to nail everybody who drinks and smokes too much, there'd be nobody working on 60 Minutes in the first place. I mean, if you look at their track record, you know, most of them are dead anyway. Yeah, because of smoking and drinking. That's right. And the other, yeah, a journalist accusing somebody of smoking and drinking too much. A2 Brute. Yeah. The other thing is, I mean, this is just, the whole thing, even though it seems like that they were taking the side of baseball. Baseball didn't come off very well to me. No. At all. In Not fact, all. it came it came off as as kind of the other uh the, the second of the five families of New York. <laughs> yeah. I mean it was just and- a sleazebag fest of of accusations of I know this guy and he knows this guy and this guy's connected and that connected. I forgot that we were talking about baseball. Bobby at all. from Boca. I yeah. couldn't believe that C- uh, that uh CBS allowed them to get away with the Bobby from Boca part. Right. I mean that that's the problem with where 60 Minutes is right now with its reputation because I, I felt the same way you did, Jay. I was watching these guys thinking that it was just a like a merry-go-round of sleaze, but that 60 Minutes was on the merry-go-round and not talking about the merry-go-round. Like, they're interviewing Major League Baseball. One of the reasons I thought it came off so badly is that Scott Pelley sat there and allowed Bud Selig to say that this was the most unconscionable thing he'd seen in baseball in 50 years. I mean, that is a gobsmacking statement. I mean, the first thing that, that I would have said if I was sitting in that chair is I would have said, is it more unconscionable than the PED explosion that you oversaw in the 1990s? What makes it worse? How about, how about the drugs right in the there. 80s? How about the way free agents were treated before they were allowed to be, or how about the way players were treated before free agents? I was going to say, Kurt Flood is in with Kurt within Flood that 50-hour, 50-year parameter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, how about the treatment of Latino ballplayers in yeah. Arizona? What about that? Uh, how about the ways in which cities have been bled for stadium money? Not include, I mean, certainly including your own city of Milwaukee. Would have said that to Bud Selig. I mean, about the canceling of the damn World Series, for goodness sakes. I mean, that, that he could say this is the most unconscionable thing he's seen in baseball in 50 years. Uh, it's the sort of thing where you just, you just shake, not, you don't just shake your head at Bud Selig because we're used to those kinds of statements from him, but you shake your head at 60 minutes and you're just like, who produced this infomercial? Like, seriously, they could have replaced Scott Pelley with a hologram of Mel Allen. Uh, just <laughs> saying, the old New York Yankees announcer who used to be the host. How about that? Yeah, that's all he could have said. Like, Bud Silly would have been like, it's the most uncontrollable thing I've seen in 50 years. Then you'd hear, how about that? <laughs> and that, that would have been the representative from 60 Minutes. It, it's almost as if 60 Minutes this year decided to take on all of the ugly parts of HBO's The Newsroom. That, 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 that's one thing. The, the other thing is that you know there's bets. They're seeing if anyone would notice. That's just an idea. Hmm. Um, I don't know what 60 Minutes is thinking, what 60 Minutes is doing. I do know, like, you know, people, maybe if you've seen the movie, the, uh, I believe it's called The Insider with Al Pacino, Russell Crowe. Yeah, the smoking the one. Industry. Yeah. The, the, 
certainly doesn't make uh, Mike Wallace look very good. I mean, there certainly was an argument in that movie that 60 Minutes' historic reputation might be a little more shine than substance. Uh, yet still, I mean, it has been a comedy uh, or a tragedy of errors over the last several months. And I think this is part and parcel. I mean, obviously it's not as serious as lying about Benghazi or, or allowing the NSA basically to produce their own puff piece to air on your network. But it is part and parcel with a method of standing with institutional power at every turn. Yeah, and you wonder what's going to be up next week. It's uh, it's just, it's become a uh, farcical. And I, mean, I think I think next week they're going to talk about the the very uh, heroic coal companies of West Virginia <laughs> and their efforts to make sure that people don't overhydrate. <laughs> Followed by how good unemployment is for America. Uh, Dave, uh, we got a couple of minutes. Harder. We got a couple of minutes. That's right. We got a couple of minutes left with you, and uh, I want to shift gears over to Dennis Rodman, who left North Korea. He was the last guy to leave North Korea of the basketball team, and um, got to Beijing yesterday and was crying. And I think this is sort of a man at, at the end of his rope. He just doesn't. First of all, obviously, there's nobody whispering in his ear that's giving him any kind of good advice. Well, is there a chance that what he did by going over to North Korea can open doors, can force more dialogue, or is it just going to be sort of uh, a rehash of the trip from six months ago? Well, of course there's a chance, but it would be, we have to say, an unintended consequence. Uh, The mere fact that, I mean, this says so much about where our culture is in the 21st century, because this trip got a lot of publicity because he is Dennis Rodman, because he is the sort of person to cry in Beijing or show up on a morning show at CNN drunk. Uh, so it's almost like the, the sort of Tyson zone or Charlie Sheen zone fascination with somebody who could crack any time and sing happy birthday to Kim Jong-un. So people's eyes are um, focused on it precisely because he's kind of like this, this freak show. Now, that's very sad because this is also someone who appears to be a very troubled person on the other side of 50 who really seems to have no idea what to do with himself and who, who's suffering, basically. And so there's a, a watch-a-car-wreck aspect of this whole thing. Yep. Now, all of that being said, you do have these unintended consequences because, I mean, this is one of the things that, that I've been arguing is that like, any attention paid to North Korea is a positive. Any time people are actually Googling uh, the name Kenneth Bay, who's uh, the first American since the Korean War to be sentenced to a labor camp in North Korea, that's a positive. Um, any time that, that these, these avenues are opened up, it's a positive. Because there, there is 0.00 relationship between the current administration in Washington and North Korea. And given that they're a nuclear isolated uh, force on East Asia, it might be nice to know what they're doing for the collective safety of, of everybody. So it's, it could have a positive consequence. People should not be surprised if it does have a positive consequence. But it won't be because Dennis Rodman somehow inha- um, was inhabited by the spirit of Arthur Ashe. No, um, it, it would be something that was unintended. No, and and it would be great for Rodman to be a beneficiary of anything good that came out of this. Like you said, he seems very. I think so. He just seems lost right now, and not that he seemed so together during his NBA career, but at least he had a focus and somewhere to be, and and responsibilities, and Phil Jackson watching over his ass. And, and I think we we all you know realize that looking lost at 34 or 35 versus looking lost at 51, 52. It's just, it's a different look. Hmm. Very well put. Uh, Dave Zirin is the editor of the, the sports uh, side of the nation.com. Uh, he was on MSNBC today 
you can turn on a TV basically and see Dave Zirin, and we are honored to have him join I us. Apologize for that. <laughs> hey, better than Mike Wallace, better than Chris Wallace. I'll tell you that. That's that's definitely true. How does that guy's hair look like the tip of a sharpie at this point in his life? <laughs> Bill, Bill Clinton should have smushed him when he had the chance. <laughs> I mean, when you when your hair dye says cry on on the side, you got a problem. <laughs> Follow Dave at Edge of Sports, and uh, as always, thank you so much for your time, Dave. We'll speak soon. My privilege, fellas. Have a great night. There he goes, Dave Zirin.